0: Thank you for listening to the Something Significant podcast brought to you by HappyLiving.com. Here at Happy Living, we're on a mission to improve the health and well-being of the world, one person at a time. Something Significant is the series where Matt Gersber, a.k.a. Mr. Happy Living, interviews ordinary people doing extraordinary work in the world. Here at Happy Living, we define significance as doing something you love and creating something of value to others. We believe the pursuit of significance is a foundation of health because it brings meaning, focus, and purpose to your life.
1: Well, welcome back to the Something Significant podcast. You're about to meet a scientist whose life's work is to make an incredible medical breakthrough available to all of humanity. 19 years ago, as a young scientist... Dr. Kristen Camella was experimenting with goats to improve the medical protocol for repairing knee injuries. Then one day, she made a discovery so incredible that it made her gasp aloud. My God, this is gonna change medicine as we know it. Today, the natural healing process she discovered in her goats is an easy, minimally invasive outpatient procedure to reduce inflammation and repair damaged tissue caused by diseases and injuries. I was so excited to learn about this technology at the PaleoFX conference last month that I'm making plans to visit her clinic in June. So get ready to meet an incredibly inspiring and vivacious, world-renowned expert on regenerative medicine. Hey Kristen, welcome to the Something Significant podcast.
2: Thank you. So glad to be here.
1: We're happy to have you, also. And uh, I just love world-renowned professors. And in Thank fact, you. I, grew, I grew up with one. My my father's a soil scientist, world-renowned soil scientist did all of his studying at the Ohio State University. I'm not sure if you wow, heard Wow, Go
2: fuck Eyes, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I noted that you were from there too. And oh. um, it, he did his professoring at uh, UC Berkeley, and he's retired now.
2: Fantastic. Yeah, Gra- great Great so, to be in science. Love it.
1: Oh, it's uh, well, and you're doing really, really interesting work. Um, I'm very interested in it. And so just tell us a little bit about yourself and about – the work that you're doing, and how you got to where you are today.
2: Yeah, great. Thank you uh, so much for having me and uh, really glad to present to all of your guests and tell them a little bit about uh, regenerative medicine and stem cell therapy. So for myself, uh, I am a stem cell scientist. I have both a bachelor's and master's in chemical engineering and a PhD in stem cell biology. Uh, I've spent the last two decades Uh, researching how we can harness the healing potential that exists inside every single one of us, uh, which is stem cells. And these stem cells exist inside every single one of the tissues inside our body, and their main purpose is to heal and maintain tissues as we age, either getting injuries or getting diseases that might cause the tissue to become damaged. And uh, really what I've focused my career on is harnessing fat-derived stem cells. So I always tell everyone they don't have to feel bad anymore. If they're carrying a little extra pounds, they can just tell all their friends they're banking stem cells in case they need them for future use. And uh, we can get those cells and then put them exactly where we want them, where we want to encourage more healing and repair and really assist the body in what it's doing naturally. Every single one of us has the power to heal. We just have to tap into that technology that exists inside us, which is really a fantastic technology.
1: Wow. Um, that's a lot. <laughs> so how did how did you take us back a little bit to, you know, how you discovered that this was an area that you were going to specialize in? And
2: yeah, so I I always knew I was great at math, so I thought uh, the most appropriate thing was to dis- to study engineering, and so when I went into chemical engineering, I really looked at it more from the biology side and that our body is a machine or a system, and how can we engineer this system for optimal performance? And so when I think you you look at the, the body as a system, you can come at this from a different direction. And uh, you, you offer some new thoughts that aren't necessarily uh, discovered in traditional medicine type careers, like becoming a physician. And so combining the ideas of engineering with medicine uh, can really help you tap into it. So there was a defining moment in my career. um, And this was early on, I think it was around uh, 1999 or 2000. So uh, almost 19 or so years ago. Um, And we were doing some very early studies looking at the knee joint, and in particular, injuries in the meniscus. And we were working with goats, believe it or not, because they have a very similar knee structure to humans. And what we discovered is that when we would inject stem cells uh, that we could obtain from different tissues inside the body, and and back then we were working with stem cells from bone marrow, when we inject those into the knee joint, we could in fact get new meniscal tissue after there had been an injury to that meniscus. And so when we were scoring the joints to determine how much new tissue had grown, we remained blind. In other words, we didn't know which animals had received the stem cell injections versus those that had not because we were doing a little study to see which which ones would work versus not. And it was very obvious the ones that had new tissue I did not need to know which ones got stem cells. I knew right away just by looking because of that new tissue growth. And I thought to myself at that very moment, my God, this is gonna change medicine as we know it. Uh, This Mm. is gonna be the new paradigm of health. People are gonna be able to heal themselves using the cells that exist inside their own body and really get to the root cause of injuries instead of just masking with pain relievers, et cetera. We can actually repair the tissue and and really harness that ability that's inside every single one of us.
1: Uh, Where were you at that moment?
2: Uh, so I was working for a startup company in Maryland, which was called Osiris Therapeutics, um, and I was on the team that focused on the knee injury protocols. And we uh, later went on to gain the first ever FDA approval to move into humans and began human studies. Um, after that, I went to Tulane University, and I worked with um, a, a very famous scientist and professor at Tulane Uh, looking to get stem cells from bone marrow for spinal cord injuries. Um, We really did some amazing work, and the ability to repair after a spinal cord injury is definitely going to change the lives of many people who have been injured and are either wheelchair-bound or experiencing limitations as a result of those injuries. After that, I moved to Florida, and I began working with the company that I'm involved with now, which is called U.S. Stem Cell. Um, U.S. Stem Cell is actually a publicly traded company, um, and so I should actually remind everyone that I am an officer of a publicly traded company, so I do have to remind you of those SEC forward-looking statements, Um, and what we are doing is focusing on a variety of different indications. Uh, We can uh, apply stem cells in so many different ways inside the body, and most of the time what we're trying to address is either inflammation or a damaged tissue that is gonna require some healing processes. And one of the first things to um, promoting a healing process is to stimulate something called angiogenesis or formation of new blood vessels. So when we inject stem cells, it's really gonna be a twofold response. One, bring down inflammation. Inflammation often is the source of pain but then two, stimulate the supply of blood to the area, blood flow to the area to help repair and create new healthy tissue. Um, So really getting to the root cause of the pain um, and helping to promote normal healthy tissue.
1: Now, when you had your defining moment back in 1999, um, Uh you saw what you saw and you had the thoughts that that you thought that this was gonna change the world, especially the world of medicine, Um, you must've been bursting.
2: You know, so one of the things that happened to me, yeah, one of the things that happened to me at that moment and over the next couple years was, how do we make this so that it's available to the masses because at that time, you know, it it required a lot of work in the laboratory and, you know, just to get one dose of stem cells, you know, it was this whole huge thing. And so what I then spent the next uh, several years focusing on is how do I make this kind of turnkey and easy for physicians uh, to implement to their patients? And this is going to allow us to get it to the masses. Um, So really taking something that's so complex and making it simple and easy for the practitioners to then provide to their patients. So uh, we began studying different sources of stem cells. So uh, for example, bone marrow um, is a source of stem cells or fat tissue. And what we quickly discovered is that the most plentiful source of stem cells inside your body is the fat tissue. We can get about 500 times more stem cells from fat than what we can get from bone marrow and the good news about this is it's very easy to take a small sample of fat. Uh, This can be done in a minimally invasive procedure. The patient remains awake. We just do some local numbing and we make such a tiny incision that it doesn't even require stitching. The patient talks to us the whole time. We make sure they're comfortable and we can take the fat out, isolate the stem cells from the fat, and then immediately deliver those cells right back to the same patient. So we could typically have patients in and out of the clinic in under two hours it's a walkout procedure. You have no real limitations on your activity. You can go back to your normal um, routines, get back to work, et cetera. Uh, So it it really is something that will change how we address so many different uh, injuries and or diseases because there's no downtime associated like there might be with surgeries um, and certainly not the risks of general anesthesia. So what I did at that point was begin to focus my life on how am I gonna bring this to the masses and make something so complex easy.
1: That's fantastic. So I had a question about the bone marrow versus the fat. It's not a it's not a matter of quality, it's a matter of quantity.
2: That's right. So the, the stem cells can actually be considered very similar. If you gave me a vial of isolated stem cells from bone marrow and a vial of isolated stem cells from fat tissue, I wouldn't really be able to tell the difference. Now, I could spend several days in the lab working on it, testing different proteins, and I could probably make a pretty good guess. Um, But the stem cells are the same. Stem cells, regardless of where they come from, their main purpose is to create this healing cascade. Um, The main difference is if I were to take 60 cc's of bone marrow and 60 cc's of fat tissue, I'm going to get a lot more stem cells from the fat. Now, the other difference is that bone marrow tends to be very high in white blood cells. And white blood cells are the cells inside our body that Create this inflammation response. They play a very important role. So, for example, if you um, get a fever or you get an injury and you kind of get that hot inflamed, uh, this is all regulated by your white blood cells going to the area. And by the way, I'll, I'll make this as a little side note. If you get a fever, it's best to allow that fever to run its course and try not to take medications that interfere uh, with the functionality of those white blood cells um, because what those white blood cells do is they actually home stem cells to the area, so allowing that inflammation to work, um, and if you remember, like we used to tell patients, quick, put ice on it, Uh, we don't do that anymore. We, We say, you know, allow the inflammation, but when you're dealing with a bone marrow sample, it's very high in white blood cells, and when you're trying to address somebody that's in a chronic situation or an injury and kind of a hot area, they already have enough white blood cells in that area. You don't need to contribute to it. So your best bet is to use a source that's going to be low in white blood cells, but very high in stem cells. So that's why fat is the preferred source.
1: And is this something that you're, this is current, you're doing this now, you mentioned your clinic?
2: We are. So we have several clinics throughout the country. We work, we've trained actually over 700 practitioners. We work with 280 plus clinics. Um, and in particular, we have a, a very close relationship with several clinics uh, in the states three in South Florida, one in mid Florida, one in Texas, one in California. And we're opening several more over the next coming months. Um, And we address a variety of different indications, anything from neurological conditions, uh, things like MS, ALS, Parkinson's, spinal cord injury, brain injury, to orthopedic conditions, knees, shoulders, other joints, back, uh, degenerative disc disease, um, to systemic issues, uh, things like diabetes or autoimmune diseases or heart or lungs And the reason is that all of these diseases and or injuries have to do with damaged tissue. And these stem cells can help to create a healing cascade and repair that. We've actually treated over 10,000 patients, and we've published more in the space than anyone in the world.
1: That's amazing. I don't think, I mean, this is not, uh, if you go to a regular medical practitioner, he or she is not even going to be aware of this.
2: Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think it's so new and like anything in medicine, uh, sometimes it's ridiculed before it's accepted as self-evident. I always think of the story about the first doctor who said, hey, we should wash our hands in between delivering babies because we might be spreading disease from one baby to the next. They criticized him so much that he actually got Baker acted and they beat him to death. And all he said was, we should wash our hands. (laughs) So yes, I do take my fair share of criticism, but I know one day that this will be a accepted as self-evident, and everybody will be getting their stem cell treatments. Um, because it's so new, it's certainly not taught in medical school, so a lot of practitioners just don't even know about it yet.
1: That's yeah, amazing. So um, right now, I I'm, I'm feel really pretty healthy, but I do have a few extra fat cells, I'm pretty sure, uh, around my, my midsection, and I've got back pain a little bit. So are you saying I could go into a clinic and have a treatment, take some stem cells out of my body fat, inject it into my back, Mm -hmm. and Create healing power.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, kind of depending on what a patient presents with, we would recommend, uh, you know, a different protocol. So, as an example, if a patient comes to us, they might bring uh, an MRI of their lower portion of their back, like their lumbar, and it might show that they have either herniated or bulging discs, or maybe they have some disc degeneration. Um, and so, we would look at that MRI in combination with a, a physical exam to determine exactly what's going on, where are their weakened tissues inside the back. Um, and maybe there's some annular tears inside the disc, or maybe the tendons and ligaments have become weakened. And we can target specific areas within the back uh, and put those stem cells into those areas. When we're doing back injections, we use something called live X-ray or fluoroscopy. And this allows us to specifically see where we're putting the needle Um, so we can exactly target the problem areas. If someone has something systemic going on, or maybe they don't have anything specifically wrong with them, at any given moment, we have inflammation in our body. And this is actually something that I do for myself. Uh, I do an IV every six to 12 months of my stem cells, just to promote overall health, bring down inflammation. Inflammation is what typically ages us and eventually kills us. Uh, By the way, what we all die of is shortened telomeres. Uh, We are a species Mm -hmm. that has something called telomeres uh, that is like a shoelace cap on all of the DNA uh, inside our cells. And when those telomeres become short, uh, we die. And so if we can keep those telomeres longer, for a longer period of time, we're extending our lifespan. And how we do this is keep inflammation down. And what a great way to keep inflammation down. Use your own stem cells.
1: I love that. Um, telomeres are, is also a uh, really recent phenomenon in the medical industry. Mm-hmm. And um, do, you, do you know of, I had a source for actually measuring telomeres at one point and the lab was gone and I can't even find a way to do it anymore. Is there a is there a uh, protocol out there for getting a good measurement of your telomeres?
2: Um, yeah, there's a couple different groups that do uh, measurement of telomeres. I mean, the challenge is, uh, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily looking at; uh, it's just giving you an average, so it doesn't tell you what you know, how many are going to be super long versus how many are short, and sometimes it's those short ones that are really the problematic, and so it's just giving you that average. Uh, There's a company called LifeLength that does some telomere testing. Uh, That's one that we've used in the past. We've had good success with, Um, but one of the things that I think actually helps to keep your telomeres longer Uh, is not to worry about it. Uh, Being a pessimist (laughs) will actually make your telomeres shorten. So if you're worried about your telomeres shortening, they're going to shorten faster.
1: (laughs) That's really funny because I was just thinking as you were talking that it's probably better just to do the things that um, help you to be healthy and optimize your health without doing the testing and worrying about it. Uh, Yes, exactly.
2: Sometimes ignorance is bliss.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, and you mentioned inflammation and I finally – I've been playing around in this this area of health and wellness only for about four years. And when I started really learning about the chronic diseases that we have, which to my understanding is caused primarily by chronic inflammation, Mm -hmm. and that inflammation can come from uh, toxins, bad food, um, a whole host of physical things, but also emotional worry. And yes I had I had to learn myself that in my olden days, if my workout, my daily workout, got interrupted because of some important life thing, like maybe a child had to go to the doctor, I would get mm-hmm. seriously upset about it. I'd mm-hmm. still take my, yeah, I'd still do my the responsible thing, but I would have a physical reaction. And I started sure. realizing that that physical reaction was causing the very damage that I was trying to rectify by exercising.
2: Yes. So I really had to
1: learn to go with the flow a little bit more.
2: That's right. Yeah. So I always uh, talk to to people in the clinic. And uh, by the way, just as a little side note, uh, in addition to being a stem cell scientist, I lead group exercise classes uh, at the local YMCA here. Um, And and mostly because I just so much enjoy helping people achieve their health goals. Um, And so one of the things that I talk about to, to the classes or to the patients that come through the clinics is, you know, cortisol. And this is really our stress hormone. And sometimes our cortisol levels go off the chart. And you'll feel it like you'll get in a stressful situation or you'll get, you know, worried and you kind of get that fight or flight. Um, Mm -hmm. And one easy, quick way to manage that is literally bend over and touch your toes. Uh, It will drop your cortisol levels instantly. So I tell people, if you're in the middle Mm -hmm. of a fight with your spouse or your loved one, um, and you bend over and touch your toes, it's like you won't be mad anymore. And they'll think you're crazy. So they won't want to fight you anymore. And the whole thing ends.
1: <laughs> great advice <laughs> professor great advice uh, before we leave the the stem cells I want to so my mother has uh, really been suffering horribly with sciatic nerve uh, mm. spinal stenosis really sure. never come up with any solution is would yeah, stem yeah. cell therapy be working on nerve? Yes situation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We see a lot of patients that are having issues with, with nerves um, and, uh, you know, a lot of this has to do with issues inside the back. So a patient like that, we would, we would again, take an MRI of the back, uh, see what's going on, see what needs to be addressed. And we want to quiet down uh, those overactive nerves and we want to push the reset button on your inflammation that's happening. And the challenge is inside your body, inflammation creates more inflammation. And sometimes mm-hmm. patients get stuck in this cycle. So we're going to break that cycle by introducing more stem cells than your body is already putting there. And a lot of times what happens when you get in a chronic state of inflammation, the body says, "Ugh, I tried, I can't do that anymore. I'm not going to send any more stem cells there. We've got other pressing issues. Um, you know, maybe you ate a, a, a big Cinnabon from the airport and it created a whole bunch of inflammation in your body. So your body said, oh my gosh, I got to deal with this now. I can't deal with the back. Uh, so what we do is really force the body to deal with the source of pain and break that inflammation cycle.
1: So, I should advise my mother, first of all, knock off the Cinnabons.
2: Yes, no more Cinnabons.
1: (laughs) So, so seriously, is so what's the downside? Are there any, if if I were to to go to a clinic and you were to to take a look at my back and make a recommendation and take my own stem cells from my body fat and inject it in my back somewhere or, or give it to me in an IV drip or something? What's the, is there any downside?
2: Yeah, so first of all, we do free consultations. So there's no downside in finding out more information and to see how stem cells may help to improve uh, every individual's specific situation. Because we take these stem cells from the person themselves, uh, you're not going to reject these cells. They're your own cells. They're not coming from someone else. Of course, anytime you pierce the skin or do any medical procedure, there are risks associated with that. Um, And we go through all of those risks very detailed in the consultation process, Um, and for any patients that decide to move forward and get the treatment, we would go through exactly how we would do the protocol, um, and if there are any specific risks associated with the method of delivery, because again, this kind of varies depending on where we're injecting, and um, also what we would anticipate as far as outcomes, um, and our goal is to really stimulate that healing process. Sometimes it may require more than one treatment, Um, in some cases, especially like orthopedics, tend to be a little bit easier to repair, Uh, that can be a one and done type treatment, mm-hmm. but sometimes we have to go back and repeat treat. So when a patient says to me, oh, well, I tried stem cells and it didn't work for me. My thought is always, well, you just didn't try enough stem cells. You just need more doses. Um, so I, I really do feel that we can convert just about any non-responding patient into a responding patient. Yeah. And because there's no general anesthesia, you don't have any of those risks. And, uh, you know, this is not a major surgery. It's considered an outpatient procedure.
1: Incredible. Now, what about the? Yeah, I think you mentioned it, but um, there's so many autoimmune diseases out there today. Um, mm-hmm. Thyroids is a big, huge problem, especially I think more so for women. It seems. Uh, is this yeah. is this therapy worked in those situations also?
2: Yeah, we do. We see a lot of autoimmune patients. And what we want to do is essentially hit the reset button on their immune system. And while we're doing that, using their stem cells to hit the reset button, we want to address what's going on in their lifestyle. So, you know, we talk about toxins. Toxins can be presented to us in a variety of different ways. Mm -hmm. Toxins, uh, of course, one of the biggest sources is our food. Mm -hmm. Um, So look at what they're they're eating? What's going on inside their home? What's going on with their mental and spiritual side? Because toxins can also be in the form of a psychological toxin. So really help them to detoxify their life, reset their immune system, and help them to live healthier and happier.
1: Fantastic. Um, Wow. This is really exciting. Uh, Let's turn the discussion a little bit from This amazing work that you're doing to who you are. And um, I like the quote came from Mark Twain that the the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you find out why. So, was there a specific Mm -hmm. moment or situation when you discovered the life you were meant to live rather than the life maybe others expected of you? I wondered if it was that defining moment back in 1999.
2: it it probably was that defining moment. Now, since that time, um, you know, I guess life challenges you and, uh, sometimes makes you doubt um, your your purpose or, or what you're supposed to do. And for me, this often comes in the form of naysayers. Um, and, you know, I, I tend to be a pleaser. I want everyone to be happy. It's, it's very discouraging for me if I don't feel that everyone is happy and, and that they've gotten all that they wanted out of everything that I've offered them. Um, so when someone does criticize or is not happy or doesn't like uh, what I'm saying or proposing, it, it can be devastating. So what I have to always do uh, is stay focused and remember that I can't necessarily be friends with everyone in the world, and that's okay. Um, And focus on those people that do want to to listen to me and who do uh, think that I have something to offer, some information to help them achieve health. And remember that I have now reached 10,000-plus people Mm. who think that I have something to offer and and not allow the naysayers to be – you know, discouraging to me. Um, I'm so lucky in that I have an amazing support system. Um, Of course, I have uh, my parents who are wonderful and have supported me from the time I was little to to help me achieve all of these goals. Um, I've been married for 18 years to a a loving, amazing husband who supports everything I do um, and who goes to bat for me no matter what. And I have two amazing children. Um, And if for some reason I couldn't be a stem cell scientist starting tomorrow, that's OK, because that doesn't mean that I can't help others achieve their health or that I can't give back to people um, and help them achieve their goals. So being able to adapt uh, what mm-hmm. what you do and how you help people achieve their goals, uh, I think is critical and not allowing the naysayers to, to get too much into my head.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the um, I wrote a book called Turning Inspiration into Action and studied what does you know, what stops people from pursuing their dreams and the inspirations are the things that they really feel deep inside that they want to do in life. And you mentioned one of the, one of the things I call the stuff that holds your life in place, I call it the gravity of your life. And it's things like naysayers or just busyness of life or tragedy or worry. Um, and what happens, I, I believe, is that, when you feel an inspiration and you, you had that defining moment with your goats and you said, hey, this is, this is something that can change the world and I'm a person that can help to do it, there was an energy there. Mm-hmm. And then when you go out and you start working on that energy and you run into the naysayers, if you don't have enough power to overcome the force of those naysayers, the inspiration dies. And so many of them mm-hmm. die. Um, and I've told, tell people one of the best ways to improve your life is just stop hanging around the people who make you feel bad. That's an instant way to feel better. Yeah. Instantly.
2: Oh, I call it the theory of five. Who are the five people that you spend the most amount of time with? Um, and if they're not people that you respect and that you want to be like, you better change your five. (laughs) I
1: like it. You could go, you could go so far as to force rank them and just get rid of the, the one that makes you feel the least best. That might exactly. be a harsh way to, to move. Uh, well, can, can you talk a little bit about, besides naysayers, talk about that concept of gravity, about the, the things that, that you have to overcome to pursue your life as a scientist, as a mother, as a, as a wife. Um, in your pursuit of your very best life, when you run into struggles and obstacles, how do you overcome mm-hmm. them?
2: Uh, So I definitely use yoga. Uh, Yoga is something that has changed my life for the better. Um, And in particular, I enjoy doing hot yoga because I find that when I can challenge myself physically, uh, in addition to getting into kind of the the mental side of things, uh, I really can take myself to a new level. I I have almost, uh, I'll call them out of body experiences um, where tears literally just like come flying out of my eyes. Um, and it's just a, a fantastic release of, of emotion, etc. cetera. Um, and then I also uh, do you know, kind of intense workouts, we'll call it hit training, or, you know, interval type training. Um, and I think, you know, those are all fantastic releases. Um, and of course, being with loved ones, you know, being around people that that you enjoy being with, enjoying their company, telling stories, mm-hmm. laughing, um, having physical contact with people, this is so important, enjoying life, and knowing that things are going to happen, you know, life is going to happen to you, there's going to be things that, are, you know, tragedy, worry, Etc. cetera. And that's okay. You, you cannot change that those things happen. You can only change how you respond to that.
1: Yeah. And yes, exactly. Um, as a scientist and I look at it from, from my perspective as a businessman, um, when I was working and developing companies and having ideas or th- those aha moments, say, this is something that's going to change the world and you start working at it and you want it instantly but it takes years and years and years. How do you sustain yourself during those years and years and years without giving up on the idea?
2: Yeah, you're, you're right, that is such a challenge. And and I tend to be a type A now person. So, you know, like, no, everyone just has to get uh-huh. stem cells right now. What do you mean they're not getting stem cells? <laughs> um, so, I, you know, I tend to just focus on the person that's in front of me at that moment. If I can make one more person a believer in stem cells, yay, I won. And then I go on to the next person. Um, At the same time, not spending a lot of time on the people that are just never going to get converted. You know what I mean? So, you know, you you can almost recognize them instantly. They're just shut down. They're not open to ideas. And it's like, okay, I can't spend a tremendous amount of time on that person. I have to move to the next person who's maybe ready and more open to new ideas. Um, Because maybe that other person's going to come around later. um, And I can't allow that to bring me down. Um, and I really do. And, and I don't know for sure if you know when you're in the tipping point, um, but I have a feeling we're mm-hmm. in it. I feel like stem cell therapy is just all over. You know, you're seeing it on the news more often. You're hearing famous people talking about it. It's, uh, you know, famous athletes. And of course, we're treating a lot of these people that are coming to the clinic. Um, So I think we're there. And I think it's going to be hard to put that genie back in the bottle, like it's already happening. So this field has become bigger than me. So even if, uh, you know, I went away from this field, this field doesn't go away. Um, So when it's bigger than you, that's when you know how important it's become. Yeah,
1: you made me think of, and I just found it, I was lucky. Um, You made me think of of a quote that I included in one of my the third book I wrote. It's called "Inspiring Women," mm-hmm. and yeah, it's in a chapter called "Badass Ladies Blazing the Path to Gender Equality."
2: Oh, nice!
1: And the quote comes from a lady who runs the. Uh, oh, where is it? Well, I'll find it in just in just a minute. But it says. Um, Making change. Okay. She's a secretary general, council of women world leaders. And she talks about that phenomenon that you were talking about, things finally breaking through. She says she likens the phenomenon of a breakthrough to a standing ovation. She Mm -hmm. says a few people jump up and say, this is the best thing they've ever seen. Then another larger group gets up and says, yes, yes, this is just excellent. Then a larger group Gets up saying, yeah, yeah, that was okay. And then finally, the last group gets up because they can't see the stage.
2: I, <laughs> I like Isn't it. That's true. great? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you
1: have to just weather the storm when you're in those early stages and um, trust in the, the process and trust in the product, I guess, right?
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, um, and you know, those little hurdles in the road, oftentimes when you're in that, you think it's the worst thing that could ever possibly happen and you'll never you know, get beyond this. But then once some time gets between that incident and where you are, it's kind of like, oh, I can't believe I was worried about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So just remembering I mean, that probably yeah. with some time, it won't seem as big a deal.
1: Yeah. And you're learning things also through that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm, that Impacting the maybe the end product or the way you communicate or all kinds of different obstacles that you face as you refine your idea. I guess much like you refine your your body when you're trying to optimize your health. Um, Yes, it just takes time. Yeah, true. Um, Very good. So, uh, let me ask you about this. So, we talk about significance. The title of our podcast, Something Significance, is containing two elements: the idea of significance. Doing something that you love Mm -hmm. and creating something of value to others. Mm -hmm. So it's doing and it's giving. Mm -hmm. And I believe that I mentioned that concept of gravity. I believe the power to overcome gravity and to create the, the good life, you know, the life that's right for you, comes from. Discovering that first element of significance, doing work that you love. Mm -hmm. So can you talk to our audience about how has doing work you love enhanced your life?
2: So nothing is more rewarding than giving somebody back their most valuable possession, which is their health. Nothing is more valuable than your health. If you don't have your health, you have nothing. I don't care how much money in the world you have. It cannot buy your health. Um, it might buy you health treatments, but it cannot necessarily buy you health. And so when I have a patient um, that presented to us without hope, uh, wheelchair bound, or so sick on medication that's making them sicker and it's not helping and they're getting side effects, um, and, and you know, I'll say it again, without hope giving them hope and then giving them their health back, having somebody get out of their wheelchair or somebody who was a slave to their health, not be a slave to their health anymore. It's the most rewarding thing in the world. I will get tears to my eyes every single time and every single time it it shocks me and pleases me, and it makes every single hurdle that I've ever had worth it a million times over, and I will continue to fight until everyone who wants stem cells has access to them.
1: Well, that's, that's awesome, and that's the to me, that's the second part of significance, doing work that has value to others, in your case, extreme value. But go back to the first part. Let Let me, let me stage it this way if being the scientist that you are and the scientific work that you're doing, if you hated it, you really, it was a, just a, a grudge to you to do, but it created this good outcome, you'd probably still do it. But I have a sense that you love your scientific work.
2: I do, because I do. Uh, talk about it's, that, yeah, the love of
1: your work, not the result, but just the love of the process.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I do. I enjoy it. I mean, actually being in the lab and working with cells, sometimes like this, I talk to them, like the cells are my friends, you know, and yeah. I look at them under the scope. Um, I, I mean, I just really enjoy it. I, that There's not a moment uh, when I'm in the lab kind of immersed in it that I think, oh, it's not necessarily work. It's just. It, it is what i do and uh you know it, it, there was a quote actually that they showed on the news uh for, from barbara bush um that i thought was so simple and brilliant and what she said is you really have two choices in life you can choose to like what you do or dislike it and i choose to like it brilliant that's what i choose too i love it i, I you know i like what i do and if i didn't i have the power to change what i do um and and do something different so Yeah, I do. I love it. Every moment. I love it.
1: So what do you say to somebody who feels like they're in a situation in their life where they're doing work that they do not enjoy, but they need to do it because of the responsibilities they have, whether it's for their family or whatever the reason for the responsibilities? Sure. Sure. Yeah,
2: we all need money. We. You know, you need, you need money to buy food. Yeah. Uh, so we all need money. So sometimes we have to do things um, to, to make that money that are not necessarily our favorite thing to do. So I guess my recommendation would be, um, try to find the things in what you do that you do like and focus on those. And if there's literally nothing in what you do that you like, you have to make a change and you have that power to make the change. You control this life, nobody else controls it. And you can change and do something that you love.
1: Oh, you're giving me goosebumps. That's exactly right. Life is too short to mess around with too things short. that don't bring you joy. you gotta, mm-hmm. you got to figure it out. And, and it's not easy. I mean, um, I know I've gone through lots and lots of, of uh, rough patches. We all do. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that that advice to try to figure out within that where you can find some joy. So, for example, in the job I hate, maybe I'm doing that and I'm suffering through that because it gives me the ability to take care of my family, which I love. Sure. And so all of a sudden that changes the whole game there. Right, right. Awesome. Let me ask you, I'm going to go back to your, these amazing stem cells. And, and I happen to sit on a board of a, <clears throat> a company called XCR Diagnostics. And they... Mm. They have um, not too dissimilar from what you're doing. Their their science guy figured out a way to to miniaturize um, and speed up the process of molecular diagnostics of infectious disease. Yeah, great, exciting, really exciting yeah. stuff that that he's working on and the team is doing. And I, it made me wonder: um, is what about disease? do do stem cells help if you've got ebola
2: okay so you know kind of depends on the disease uh, but when you have for example a virus uh, that's attacking oftentimes what it's doing is attacking tissues Um, so same deal we want to repair the tissues that are getting attacked and we also want to boost your immune system your immune Mm -hmm. system is boosted by your stem cells Um, so we're, we're really, and look, I didn't invent this. God invented it. I don't know. Whoever made humans invented this. This is just what's going on inside your body already. We're just tapping into that. So anytime you're presented with a disease, your body's attempting to fight that. Uh, so we can assist that by just giving it a few more troops on the ground to fight.
1: Hmm. What about the flu? Same thing?
2: Yeah, same deal. So I often will give myself a dose of stem cells if I'm feeling a little under the weather. Um, And what happens is sometimes it causes me to spike a little bit of a fever, which is like, great. When I spike a fever, I allow that to go through the process. You know, I don't want to take Tylenol or anything that's going to mask that normal cascade of you know, the healing process. Um, There's actually some studies that are now out showing that if you take uh, an anti-inflammatory or Tylenol type product, uh, you will actually lengthen the time of your disease because you've now interfered with the process of your stem cells. So yes, I will take a dose of cells if I'm feeling under the weather. Or if I've been doing something that's challenging, for example, I've been flying all over the world, getting exposed to a lot of radiation, uh, which could lead to tissue damage, cell damage, free radicals inside your body. So doing a little dose of stem cells can help you along.
1: (laughs) So uh, um, the other question that comes to my mind is you talked about fat cells versus bone marrow cells and the natural healing uh, of bone marrow and bone broth. Is this related in any way to the stem cells?
2: Uh, so a, a lot of what we're trying to get when, when you make a bone broth, you know, there's collagen, there's different proteins, you know, all of those are having a healing um, mm-hmm. gut, you know, in your, inside your gut, helping your microbiome. They're so good for you. It's not necessarily that there's living stem cells. So they're a little bit different, like the bone marrow that exists inside you that's circulating is going to have a variety of different types of cells in it. Um, But when you, you know, drink those kind of healing concoctions like bone broth, uh, it's more the proteins and less the actual living cells. But the same kind of concept, all of these proteins, cytokines, um, growth factors, they stimulate different cascades inside your body. Um, and it's, it's really, really complicated, so much so that, that we don't even understand it all. Mm. Um, so all of those things are helping your healing processes.
1: Good stuff. Um all right, well let's lighten it up a little bit. Uh what's one thing okay. what's one thing you wish you had known ten years ago?
2: Um bad stuff is sometimes gonna happen and no biggie, just keep going. Um, you know, don't let the name like ten years ago I used to get you know, devastatingly upset when I thought people didn't like me. And even just like one person, oh, they said they don't like you. What do you mean they don't like me? They probably don't know me. Of course they like me Um, is probably a more appropriate response now. Um, And, you know, yeah, don't, don't let it get you down. It's okay. Just keep going.
1: Yeah. I like that uh, advice that other people's opinions of you is none of your business. Right. (laughs) Who cares? Right. Uh, What's one hope that you have for the next 10 years?
2: Um, Every person in the world has access to stem cells. As a matter of fact, I wake up every morning and I look in the mirror and I say, how am I going to get stem cells to as many people as possible today?
1: Do you envision that someday this could be a a do-it-yourself? Is it um, something that could could be? I could take the fat cells out of my side and well, inject them into my. Needle? I think
2: you would probably need a a doctor because I think most people don't necessarily want to poke needles and then cells. And when I say I do it myself, I still have a doctor injecting me. Um, so you know, I'm not frequently just poking myself with needles. Uh, so I do think it is something that you would have to do with the help of a, a medical professional. Um, But sometimes in in my future vision, I do kind of picture almost like a like a drive through or like a walk up counter where it's like, you know, like the same thing where you walk up and you get like a vaccine, but instead you'll get stem cell treatments.
1: Mm -hmm. Hmm. Fascinating. Would you recommend I I heard you say that you do a an annual IV just to promote health? Yes. Would you recommend that to, to everyone? Would that be your advice? Everybody should do that.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, of course, everyone is presenting with a different kind of situation. So, you know, obviously, the medical professionals need to evaluate every patient before they come in to make sure that it would be safe for them to proceed with any sort of treatment. Um, but it is certainly something I do for myself and all my loved ones. You know, everyone in my family gets regular stem cell treatments. Um, you know, my parents, my, even my, my child, one of my children has already gotten a stem cell treatment. He's 16. Um, and uh, my husband and all my siblings
1: That's fantastic. What if if I were to go to a clinic to get an annual stem cell IV, what would that cost me?
2: So the initial procedure, which is where the fat is removed, uh, is the most expensive. But after that point, you have your stem cells banked and stored. Um, so it becomes much easier to get repeat dosing. But that initial procedure, kind of depending on you know where you're located, what you're having done can range anywhere from five to $12,000. And then repeat dosing, uh, where you're just getting a dose from the lab, is typically in the $500 to $1,000 range.
1: Okay so we so we have a ways to go before it's uh, a product for the masses.
2: Um, actually, I mean, when you think about it, if you were to get, uh, for example, a total knee replacement, your out of pocket for a total knee is going to be on the order of thousands. Plus you're going to have downtime and all of the risks associated with general anesthesia. So you're right in the price range, even with an insurance that it would cost anyway. And I tell everyone, look, nothing is more valuable than your health. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you going to spend your money on? Of course you need to spend it on your health. Um, and you know, you see this time and again people who, um, you know, spend a lifetime trying to amass huge amounts of money and they literally kill themselves and make themselves the least healthy person on the planet Mm -hmm. because of stress and overwork and whatever else. And then they spend the last part of their life spending all that money they amassed trying to get their health back. Uh, You're better off to spend your money (laughs) in the beginning and just keep your health the whole time.
0: Yeah.
1: Very good. Okay. Um, I know you're going to be down at PaleoFX here next starts kicks off next Friday. Uh, Tell our listeners what you're there to talk about. I imagine it has something to do with stem cells.
2: Yes, I am. I'm going to be presenting. um, And I believe I'm on the stage that's inside the exhibitor hall. I'm going to be presenting about stem cells. That's going to be on Friday. I'm also going to be part of an expert panel, um, on Friday afternoon, I think that starts uh, just after five. Um, that's with uh, a few other experts, uh, Dr. Mercola, Ben Greenfield, Dr. Adelson, um, and maybe a couple others, uh, just kind of talking about you know the future of health and what are some um, things that are currently being used in medicine uh, that are gonna change the, the field as we know it.
1: Is this your first paleo effects?
2: Uh, it's actually my second. I did present last year as well. Okay.
1: A lot of fun, isn't it?
2: I love it. It's my favorite conference of the year. Um, just a lot of fun and, and great to meet, um, so many like-minded individuals. Yeah. We're
1: excited. This will be our fourth. My third is a speaker mm-hmm. and, um, we're exhibiting this year too. So, uh, looking forward to having lots of fun, uh, before we let you go, tell us if there's any books or resources that you'd recommend to our listeners.
2: Um, Okay, so I'm actually, I just bought Ben Greenfield's book. um, And if uh, anyone hasn't seen it yet, Ben Greenfield was a patient and wrote about his experience at our clinic. Um, So that was a lot of fun. He did like a live um, podcast. And then um, he also wrote an article for Men's Health. Um, They followed him. Um, So I'm reading his book right now. He has uh, some nice recipes in there and just some different ideas to really biohack to the next level. Um, And I'm also reading another book, uh, which is about elephants. It's called Elephant Company. Amazing, amazing animals. These elephants are just like brilliant. Um, Love it. Um, And I'm actually in the chapter where it's talking about the the men when they go into heat, um, which is just kind of a a fantastic uh, thing to read about and and what happens when their um, testosterone levels kind of go off the chart. Um, Really interesting recommended read. Um, And I I spend a lot of time reading scientific journals. Those aren't necessarily. Uh, maybe that's for reading when you are trying to get to sleep.
1: That's, <laughs> yes, I imagine. So that's good. You know, that's one of my favorite questions to ask. And I don't know how many we've done. Dozens of interviews now. We might be in our we're in probably third year or something like that. And one of the life goals I have is just to read all the books that my guests have recommended. Uh, which would be be a wonderful journey. Um, Excellent. Last question. Who would you recommend to be my next guest?
2: Um, Have you had Ben Greenfield on? We have not. Okay, go for him. He's a avid biohacker, interesting guy. You know, family man, really positive. Um, and he was a speaker. We actually host a conference every year called the Academy of Regenerative Practices. Uh, he was a speaker at at the conference, and he just uh, had the whole audience in the palm of his hand, and just a lot of great ideas.
1: Well, wonderful. I'll look forward to meeting him when we're down there together at Paleo Facts
2: fantastic.
1: Awesome. Well, Kristen, you have been just an absolute delight. And I got to tell you, you really opened my eyes. I, I really didn't know much about stem cell therapy, and it sounds very, very exciting. I'm looking forward to learning more about it and to seeing you uh, next week. Are there any parting remarks or comments you'd like to leave our audience?
2: Uh, I guess give us a call. uh, You can also check out our website, usstemcellclinic.com. And uh, we do free patient consults to talk about your health individually and how you can enhance it with regenerative medicine and other techniques to tap into your healing potential.
1: And uh, you said before you have 700 clinics around the country?
2: Um, We've trained 700 practitioners. Uh We've worked with, I, I would say, 280 plus clinics. We have about... Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six clinics uh, that we work more directly with um, that we typically refer patients to. So we can help direct patients to the clinic that's closest to them.
1: Okay. And that information can be found, the clinic closest to you can be found on your website. Yes.
2: Yeah. So if you go to US stem cell Clinic, a lot of times uh, the patients just call us there and then we can arrange for a consult at the clinic closest to them.
1: Okay, thank you so much. I really enjoyed the talk and see you next week.
2: Sounds good. See you then.
1: Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to our Something Significant podcast with Dr. Kristen Camella. If you like today's interview, you'll love being a part of the Happy Living community. To join us, just go to www.happyliving.com. Benefits include a free Happy Living book, Inspiring blog posts delivered straight to your inbox, and special offers exclusive to Happy Living members. It's all free, so come on in and join our mission to improve the health and well-being of the world, one person at a time.